Hi, this is Bernard Zimmerman. And Philip Water. Welcome to our podcast series, Virtual Leadership Development, How to Master the New Normal. And a warm welcome from my side as well. In this series, we cover a range of topics that all have an influence or impact on leadership development and all its applications in a virtual context. In our last episode, we focused on how to actively build a connection. The second topic in our broader theme of how to engage with others. As we have said previously, building engagement in a virtual context can be much more challenging than in a face-to-face -face situation. That is what we want to continue today. Philip, why don't you give us a quick overview again? Thanks. When we build engagement, the one thing that is vital for it to be successful is that we do it consciously and not subconsciously. We can't say that enough. Today, we'll focus on how to foster curiosity in others. Now, we've spoken about our own curiosity in previous episodes, but curiosity literally is the fuel for connection and engagement, and we can never focus on it too often. The second topic for today is how to address the elephant in the room. So, Bernard, let's kick off. So, moving forward into, you know, when you have the interaction that as a facilitator, I think, to bring people in, take care of them, but also open the discussion, make people curious, I think you have a responsibility of role model, the behavior that should yeah. actually play in the room. For me, it all starts with listening, that you are consciously listening as a facilitator, as the lead of, of the meeting, of the workshop, uh, that people feel, okay, listening is important because I can see that he or she is listening at a very different way than they would normally experience or even have no, the right level of presence. Presence, also what you mm -hmm. just talked about, about now, how do you show up in terms of the dress code? Uh, how do you show up in the way you, you engage, the way you, you are distant or close to the screen, to the camera, yeah. and the way you speak creates a sense of presence or not. And I think that's the, our responsibility role model that, that people feel, yes, that person is in the room, in the virtual space. What's your experience? Well, you know, I think just going back to listening, you really have to demonstrate listening. We've spoken about listening many times before, and part of listening is how you ask questions, how you react to people's answers. But it's not just even in that moment. And one thing that's for me really important is when you listen to what other people say, you hear interesting things, but you can't follow that up in a question because of the conversation takes another turn, for instance. And mm -hmm. what I like doing is I like writing down a topic or a word that I heard, because at some time during the day or during the meeting, that's going to become relevant again. Then you can say, well, you know, earlier in the meeting, so-and-so talked about this. Now you can bring in what you want to say. But now people are on notice because they notice that you really listen to what they say and you can remember it afterwards. Mm. And that's role modeling because now they have the sense of, oh, I wish I did that too. 
And we always hear something that's interesting and we always want to jump in. But if we don't make a note of it, we're going to forget it. Mm. Does that make sense for you? Absolutely. I had it in one workshop. We started off with a lot of interruptions, even so with clear rules of engagement. People, they said, oh, yeah, we don't interrupt each other. We very disciplined. And I said, okay, guys, let's see what happens when we go into the more heated <laughs> topics. I said to them, look, we've agreed. We allow people to end their sentence before we jump in. Yeah. And at that moment, because it was, it, it almost became chaotic. I said to them, guys, why don't you make a note of what you want to say and then bring that in when the other person has finished speaking? And people said, oh, I haven't thought about it. Yes, of course, I can yeah. write it down. And I don't, I don't have the urge to jump in because otherwise I would forget. That's, I think, what's the driver is when it's subconsciously uh, driven. I want to make it to introduce, which is a positive intention. Absolutely. The effect on a discussion is just a negative because you start speaking to each other. And what you're saying brings it back into really doing it consciously. And if you write down and you keep notes, that helps you keep that consciousness alive. Respecting the speaking space, what does that mean for you? Taking enough time for people to end their train of thought, to, to voice what they want to say, not cutting them short, mm -hmm. not kind of interrupting them, Yet there is a fine line. Sometimes you have people who want to speak endlessly and <laughs> there you need to actually say, guys, hang on a minute, considering what we need to talk about and who else wants to talk about, you need to intervene there. I think that's for me the, the important part when you have people who are less dynamic, less open in mm -hmm. the contribution, they feel almost offended when somebody talks in. They take all the courage or all what it what they have in energy to bring their point. And if they then cut by somebody, they say, okay, that's me. I've, I've tried it. I'm out of here. And I think that's where the respect comes in, that you give people the, the space to speak and finish what they want to contribute. I absolutely agree with you because for me, that is so important that I always bring it into the rules of engagement. And I sort of say that my experience over all of the meetings and workshops that I've run you know, some people get into conversation a lot easier and quicker than others. And mm. for some people, it's a really a problem to be able to get into a conversation to make their point. And what I deliberately say is that just because somebody is silent doesn't mean that they don't have something valuable to contribute and that it is really important for all of us to give them actively a space and ask them for their contribution. Find that if you do that a couple of times, people become much more conscious because you are saying, this is what I'm going to do, and now I am doing it. So, John, I haven't heard from you for a while. What do you think about this? Hmm. And so now it is very specific. And then you allow them the space to talk. Yeah. And other people have to respect that. The impact that this has on John is phenomenal. Hmm. If you ask somebody specifically, you need to leave the space and hold the space mm -hmm. and cope with the silence. No matter what urgency you feel, you need to leave the silence to work. And sometimes it works, it's, it's magic. And people then make very valuable contributions because they think before they speak, especially the more introverted people, they bring a very to-the-point response when you ask them directly. 
Yeah. What I've often found is that bringing them in at the right part in a conversation can really anchor the conversation. Mm. A point that's important for me in role modeling is acknowledging participants. Tell me more. You know, I have a bug if people use the word good. You know that, but this is my bug because <laughs> I really believe that if we use the word good to describe anything, it is simply because we are too lazy to think about what really is good. So if somebody says, oh, that was a good point, what was good about the point? Because if you really mm. talked about what was good about the point, that would be much more effective and impactful than just saying that was good. So mm. if you are able to say, instead of that was good, to say, well, you know, that was a really short, sharp, sweet synopsis of the way that this works. Mm. Everybody else will now think, okay, cool. I would also like to be short, sharp, and sweet. It's subconscious. Yes. If you are able to prepare, uh, let's say, a list of words that you would like to acknowledge people for as a role model, do that. But it's going to bring you a lot more than if you just use the word good. So I see you laughing that I talked to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it just reminded me of a, of a workshop I done last week where we, we had the check, you know, the, the ritual that people come in. And because it was a lot of things we want to talk through, we want to give them the space for the checking to arrive, but at the same time, uh, not give them you know, five minutes each. We had 20 people in the room. Mm -hmm. wow. Okay, so there was one person then, I said, so this is the question for the check-in. Take 30 seconds just to come in. And one person was actually talking, I think, for three minutes. Wow. It was interesting <laughs> to listen to. They, they, they told part of their life story. It would have been the wrong dynamic to interrupt them. But the person after that long speaking person came in was possibly 30, 40 seconds. And I then said, welcome, Sonia. Great how precise and succinct you actually brought the message across to us. Thank you very much for that. Move on to Peter. Yeah. And Peter was short. And from then on, everybody was short because Sonia was obviously doing the right thing. The way that normally happens, you know, if you say to people, okay, we have a limited time, check-in mm. is one minute. And if the first person talks for five minutes, everybody else starts talking for five minutes. Yes. You know, I think role modeling your behavior is nothing else but walk the talk. Yes. If you know what you stand for and you're very conscious about how you want to run the, a meeting or a workshop and you keep to that, it doesn't have to be perfect, yeah. but people will start automatically following the way that you show up. Because we're on the subject of how to engage with each other and, and foster the engagement, we said curiosity is important, and we've been working on, on the curiosity for a number of episodes. Mm -hmm. I think that's also you know, to foster curiosity as an element. The, I think you said before, it's the fuel for the engagement and participation. Absolutely. One element I see always as very effective follow up with deepening questions people bring a contribution and you ask the person or you ask another person so what do you think about that what peter just said or if you notice that the, in the reaction from people there's a critical point being made one position and you want to bring another perspective in 
How else could you think about that? That you stay on a topic? Because for me, the risk is always when people start an interesting conversation and you're not in your role, you may actually start having a dialogue with one person mm -hmm. and then everybody falls off. There's no engagement anymore. It's very hard then to bring them back in. I agree with what you say, but if you do that, you're actually bringing in your own contribution into that dialogue. And I believe that if you want to foster curiosity, you hear what people are saying, mm. you can make a comment and ask them to deepen that. In other words, they are deepening what they are saying. And now we're creating a space for somebody to explore what thought process they are going through or what they are saying. And that is where we really start working with curiosity. Otherwise, it's just like ping pong. Mm. And we yes. move away from the subject. It's using questions like, what do you think? What's another way of looking at that? How do you think others see this? What other perspective could there be? Mm. But bringing it back to whatever the person had said right in the beginning. And for me, the classic one that I really use very often is you see a reaction in somebody's face when there is a discussion. Mm. What's going through your mind? Or specifically to a person, you know, I see a question. What's that question? Mm -hmm. Or you were smiling. What's, what's happening for you? What impact did this have on you? That really gives people the power to talk about what yeah. they really are experiencing in that moment. Yeah. The interesting dynamic develops when you have an interesting discussion going on mm -hmm. where controversial points are being raised and one person starts becoming defensive about yeah. her or his position mm -hmm. and you still want to have a discussion going on because it's it's important to discuss all the different perspectives but not having one person to be overly defensive about what they said how do you address that in a room i mean in a virtual room well It's really difficult because if you start having attack and defense, this is just going to snowball because nobody's going to give up. The thing is that you have to ask people specifically to start looking at different perspectives. Mm. What else is important? Or what would be a different way of looking at that? Because if you broaden it up, then it becomes different. And if the person continues to be defensive, then you could say to somebody else in the meeting, so how do you feel about this? How do you see this? So mm. that you get away from two opposing positions because the minute that you start opening it up into different perspectives, now you can start deepening the learning from this or finding out what is the underlying interest that everybody else has in this. Yes. I had a discussion in last week's uh, workshop when people have different opinions and take positions. Uh, one of the my co-facilitators said, don't make people wrong. They will become more defensive. Mm -hmm. People are right in their world. People are right in their view because they have only a limited amount of facts and, and they have particular standards you may not share. Therefore, they may have a different position. But if you make them right in their own world and then show your own world, then you can actually have a discussion about where's the difference and where's the learning point 
by having different opinions or taking different positions? Absolutely. For me, one of the classic questions that you can use in that case, if somebody is defending something, is simply the question, obviously depending on what the actual topic is, I hear this is really important for you. So mm. what about this is important for you? Or mm. I hear this is a problem for you. What about this is a problem for you? Because if you follow that tack and you get away from, let's say, the technical issues in the discussion and you get back more to a personal level, there will be something positive that you can lead to. And now what you're opening up for everybody else is why this topic is important for this person. Mm. So everybody can relate to that. And now you don't have a division, but you have an understanding because possibly what is important for this person is also important for the rest of us as well. Yes. Yeah. And you show up with curiosity with that, why is that important or what makes it a problem? Mm -hmm. And it reminds me at the, at the end, the essence of it is what's in the Harvard concept, you know, going from position to interest yes. and opening up the space. So we have still one topic for this episode, the classic we always have, whether it's face-to-face -face or in a virtual context, is when there is an elephant in the room. So give us some examples. Well, the people saying, uh, we, I don't think it's, it's going to work. Uh, if they're convinced that whatever will be discussed, the team will not come together. They cannot resolve the issue. And there's always the temptation to say, okay, well, it's only one person, so let's move on. Let's, let's hear the others. That's an issue we can be trapped in if we're not conscious about it and not stopping and saying, oh, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And addressing the famous elephant in the room. Yeah. And the elephant is literally sometimes very, it's just an idea, mm. you know, but nobody speaks about it, but you can see that the reaction is there. This topic just isn't mentioned, or people just don't believe this, but they give platitudes because they don't want to offend anybody else. Mm -hmm. And if you don't bring it up and just say, hold on, if I look at the room and I listen to what everybody else is saying, I have a sense that people do not believe this. So let's talk about that. And you can almost see the relief that everybody has. Thank God somebody brought it up. Yes. And for me, the dynamic, you know, addressing the elephant in the room, there's not a difference between face-to-face -face and virtual. The point I see regularly, notice the elephant in the room, and facilitators fear so much under pressure to finish in mm -hmm. time, that I said, you know, if I was in a normal room, I would address it. But no, no we only have two hours to go, and, and I can't just do that. Or there's only 30 minutes left of our time, I shouldn't address it. And yet that would actually just change the whole dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. I once, right after workshop started, there was an elephant in the room mm -hmm. and it was just brought up. And that meant that on the fly, we had to change everything in the workshop for the whole of the rest of the workshop. Wow, okay. But that is what was necessary and what was needed in the room. So. Mm. You need to respond to that because that's really what is important to the people. So the real question is, in that moment where this is happening, 
what is the success for the group or for the team to complete the workshop successfully in the way that it was supposed to be run or to address what is important for them? Mm. My money is always on addressing what's important for them. Yes. And because we're talking about how to engage with each other or foster the engagement, when people see that you take the courage, you take the time to address what people should speak about, but they don't dare to speak about, mm -hmm. I think that also boosts the engagement because people yes. say, ah, we have an open space here. Yes, I can participate. I can bring up things that will not just be brushed under the carpet. Yeah, absolutely. If you are able to do this in alignment with rules of engagement, you're still role modeling to them. You know, mm. we spoke about rules of engagement and we said that openness is important. Somehow I have the feeling that this discussion is not open. So how do you feel and what can we do to make sure that we are more open towards each other? So Bernard, what do you think? Mm. Now, Bernard may be overwhelmed in that moment, but you give them the energy to be able to say, and most often they will go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. So that's the key parts we talked about on how to create engagement. Now, in our next episode, we will cover how to manage tech. To help you reflect for this session, we have the following question. When you run a virtual session and there is a tech issue, how do you show up? And then how do your participants show up in reaction to that? That's it from me. And a big thank you from me as well. But finally, before we go, if you would like to connect with us or share your insights and feedback, please feel free to do so either on linkedin.com, Bernard Zimmerman contact, that is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T, or Philip Wurter. We're both based in Germany. Or connect via email at philip at Wurter.net or bernard.zimmermann at contactinternational.com. That is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T hyphen international.com. We look forward to connecting in our next episode. Thank you and goodbye.